Hi, I'm your host, Brittany Spence, and this is In the Face of Illness. We are a podcast committed to cultivating a greater understanding of the many resources available for families facing childhood illness, because we believe this is a vital topic of conversation, not only for families in the throes of the fight, but for everyone. Ultimately, we are here to offer hope in the face of illness. Happy Valentine's Day from all of us at the Four Spence Fund. We have a special podcast today where we are going to discuss ways that you can show love and support to others who have a child that's sick. We're going to go through just a lot of different ways. We get this question asked to us all the time. How can I support someone that has a sick child? How can I show them love? How can I encourage them? And we have asked a lot of our families that we've gotten to know through the years if they would offer advice and suggestions of ways that they felt loved while their child was in the hospital or um, if they had lost a child, or if they were even at home but dealing with a child that was sick. And so uh, we're excited to be able to present this to you. And um, we also, everything that we're going to talk about, we're going to actually have up on our blog post at the Forest Spence Fund website, which is uh, forest with 2 rspencefund.org. And you can also click on that in the notes of wherever you're listening to this on your podcast. So uh, we hope that you will enjoy listening to this and learn something from it. But don't feel like you have to just speedily write down everything that we say. We will have something that you can download and take a look at. And we hope it's an encouragement to you as you show love and support to those that have a, a sick child. And we especially want to do this on Valentine's Day because this is a day of love. And um, we want to make sure that families that we know or maybe don't know feel loved in some way. And everybody can do that. We're excited to have Amanda McCollum back with us. She was our very first podcast. Um, If you have not listened to hers yet, as she tells the story of Charlotte and Miles and Dax as well, we hope that you will go back and listen to our very first podcast. She was incredibly encouraging, and um, we just loved having her. And during that show is when we really discussed the ways that we both felt loved and encouraged and honestly ways we didn't. And so that's going to be a podcast in the future is things not to say or do. But for today, we're going to focus on things you can say or do to show love and support. So excited to have you, Amanda. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. I'm so glad to be back. Yeah. So Amanda, of course, has two different kinds of stories. She has, um, again, if you haven't listened, go back and listen. But she has Charlotte, who passed away uh, after spending time at the hospital after a major heart surgery and diagnosis in the womb. And so she really has advice based upon what that was like, plus grieving. And then she also has the advice of Miles, who was in and out of the hospital over a two-year period, spent probably close to nine months, um, if you add it all up, in the hospital while having a two-year-old, three, four-year-old at home. And so she also has some great advice as well of how to support the whole family. So we're so glad she's here. So I am not just doing this alone. Uh, It always feels a little funny to just sit up here and try to talk into a mic uh, with nobody else there. So we're glad to have you here. Uh, We're going to do it kind of in 
we kind of lumped it in to where we have some food-related, home-related, family-related, checking in, other ideas, and even some helpful words. So we hope that this is a real blessing to you, and we hope that this is something you can go back to. And again, this isn't just about having a sick child. Uh, A lot of these were even encouraging to me as my mother was sick and passed away in ways that people could show love. And so um, we hope this is just something that you can refer to, especially when people are hurting. Yeah, I think, you know, so many people are like, what could I do? I just wish I knew how I could help people. And there are so many practical ways. And so that's what I hope maybe today, some of the things that we share, people are like, oh, well, that's so simple. I've just never thought of it that way before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I say let's let's start a little bit. Um, I want to start with the checking in kind of. And when I say that, meaning how how is a way that you can check in on somebody and just see how they're doing? Um, You know, maybe that doesn't always mean spending money or, you know, purchasing something. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, So one of the, to me, one of the ones we heard again and again and again was sending a quick text message not requiring a response. And would you just touch on that? Why do you think that was so important to everybody we said? I think um, when you're the one who's in the hospital with a sick child, you know, everyone else that you love and care about, they're going about their normal life the way that it was before. And it's very isolating to be the one in the hospital with the child. And sometimes it's it feels incredibly lonely and like you're the only person out there on this island and getting a little text saying, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you today. You know, I'm I'm waiting for this update today. And like you said, throwing in that clause of no pressure to respond, mm-hmm. just want you to know I love you can be so meaningful. It's just like I'm not alone here. Someone, mm-hmm. the people I care about may be at their jobs. They may be with their families, but their heart is with me. Yeah. It means a lot. And um We even had one person write and say, if someone was fishing for an update, that was exhausting. But if someone just wanted to let me know they were praying or thinking of me, that was encouraging. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I always tell families is I do think it's important to have a way that you can let people know what's going on. And whether back in my day, it was Caring Bridge. Um, I think yours might have been more, was yours more Facebook? Yeah, we relied on social media. Okay. Facebook. Um, Facebook was kind of just getting up and running when I was there. So it wasn't as big. But um, having some tool that you can write out your words and it can go out to a mass versus having to send 100 text messages. But really encouraging people to go and check that and read those updates. Mm -hmm. Because if a parent or caregiver has put all that out there, it took a lot for them to write that out, to put it out there, and to relive that and rewrite it again and again and again is exhausting. And Mm -hmm. so I do think, you know, if you're listening and you're someone that has a sick child, have some avenue that you can put out there, what's going on, Um, you know, what's going on with the child, the medical updates, maybe the family updates, whatever else that you try to do once a day, every other day, once a week, whatever works for you. But then if you're the one that loves this person, just a quick, like you said, thinking of you today. Mm -hmm. 
praying for you today. I have a dear friend. Forrest was born on the 10th of the month, and I have a dear friend for 14 years, over 14 years, has sent me a text message on the 10th of every month. Wow. And just says, thinking of you today, Britt. Love you today, Britt. Uh, what an incredible son you had. Just, it is the simplest. Mm-hmm. Some days, some months I respond. Some days I heart it. Some days I, some days I don't. And mm-hmm. But she has never forgotten. And I'm sure that it's just a little reminder in her calendar. Right. That, you know, I'm sure she just put that in her calendar. Tenth of every month. It's an easy thing to do. But that has made such an impact on mm-hmm. me to where I've tried to remember that for other friends who have lost loved ones. Um, so remembering anniversaries, too. Yes. That's also been really meaningful to me. And like you said, people that have done it for 10 years. Yeah. You know, I know Charlotte would have been 10 this year. I know Charlotte would have been 11. It means so much to me that she's remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just awesome. And I've done the same thing, Brittany, mm-hmm. because that's made such an impact on me. It's something I've learned mm-hmm. and carried into other situations. And like you said, all it takes is writing it down on a calendar. Yeah. And it's so meaningful to people. Yeah, for sure. Um. Okay, so some other ones were that we'll just kind of run through. And and some of these, you know, we're in this COVID world. And so some of this, unfortunately, can't. But um, hopefully, fingers crossed, one day we're not. But coming to the hospital to sit with you mm-hmm. to make it less lonely. I know with me, David had to go back to work and sitting there all day alone was hard. And right. so um, them just sitting there and mm-hmm. maybe saying nothing, but just they were there and got to see me interact with him. Um, maybe coming to the hospital to actually sit with the child. And so I could, you know, go and go to a doctor's appointment or, you know, run an errand or leave a little early. Um, that was always so important too. Um, and one family talked about just dropping everything to be with them the day of surgery or the night before. Mm -hmm. So again, try to remember the important things that are happening the the tests that are coming up, the big surgeries. And if if you can't be there, send a message. Right. Send a message. Just let people know that you remember that it's on your radar. And, you know, in this time of COVID, if you can't physically be there, I think even offering to FaceTime, if that's helpful, you know, mm-hmm. telling people I'd be glad to talk to you face to face and see you that way, um, I think is really meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. And nowadays, um, like there's the Voxer app, there's the Marco Polo app. There's all these different apps now on Apple phones that you can even record your voice and they listen to it whenever they can. Or the Marco Polo, you record your actual face. It's like a FaceTime, but you can mm-hmm. listen to it whenever. You know, again, just don't know when you're going to get this. I know today is a crazy day, but I just wanted you to know you're loved. And mm-hmm. that will make such a such an impact. Um Another one that I thought was so good is this came from a mom who went home after a child had had major heart surgery and um, had done well, but was still very fragile, had a lot of things that they had to take care of at home, medications, oxygen monitoring, G-tube, all that stuff. And she had a dear friend who suggested that and the child had some pretty severe separation anxiety and so she had a dear friend suggest that once a week for six weeks she take a cake decorating class with her and she leave the child 
the husband was going to be there. He could take mm-hmm. care of all the medical and do everything. And she'd take a, a moment to do something that took her mind off of it, mm-hmm. required her to focus. She had to focus to learn how to do it. And as she said, too, it's been such a gift because she learned how to make cakes that she then could do all the birthday cakes for her children and future children. Oh, that's awesome. And um, she was saying at the time, she thought, this is crazy. Why would I take a cake decorating class when my child is sick? But what a gift it was to get a break from Mm -hmm. the stress and the fear. And as she said, you know, what if I walk in and she's not breathing or whatever else? And just to walk away a little bit um, and have something else mindless in a way to think about, but Mm -hmm. it ended up being such a gift. That's awesome. I'm glad you said that, too, because I think... um People who haven't had children who've been very ill don't really understand that sometimes when you take your child home, it's not this immediate relief Mm -hmm. like everybody thinks. There's a lot of fear Mm -hmm. associated, especially, like you said, if there's new things at home, new monitors, new things you have to do. So stepping in at that point, too, like you said, just in the Mm -hmm. hospital, but coming in and visiting the person there. I remember um, when Miles came home and had a trach, I was terrified. And one of my friends came over one night and just hung out with me and watched me do things. And she was like, well, this is hard and scary, but it made me feel better mm-hmm. because my friend was there with me. It was comforting. And having somebody kind of witness, like, this is my life and she's here with me and, and we're going to be able to do this. Yeah. And one of our families we actually interviewed um, that will come out a little bit later was actually saying in that same regard, their child also had a trach and they said they had a couple friends who came and allowed them to be trained Mm -hmm. to where they could be that backup support Um, this is a family whose husband traveled for work and so it was a very scary thing to think that only the mother and I believe the grandmother were trained and so it was a gift to have a few friends Mm -hmm. and so but again, not everyone could do that because right. it is scary and you realize right. you're you're kind of dealing with life and death here. But what a gift to offer and say, I want to learn. Right. Even if I don't have the child one-on-one, I can support you. I could, um, The this mother even said, asking questions of, okay, doing this, this, or what formula do they take? So while I'm changing the g-tube and all of a sudden i realize oh man i've run out the friend can run and get the exact okay this is what she needs Mm -hmm. versus just in the moment fiddling and being like it's that one it's that one right so coming in coming into their life as we've talked about before stepping into the cage and learning what is it the things that you know your child needs Mm -hmm. what are ways whether that's g-tube feeding trach cleaning trach changing right um you know whatever heart monitor oxygen monitoring whatever it is just to be a a help right it may be that you never are alone with the child but again you're showing that you care and you're learning what you can Mm -hmm. Um, and not everybody will ask for that for sure right but you could offer and say i'm just going to come and sit with you and then learn along the way definitely um so at the least, especially if you live far from a friend, text message, yep, email, uh, Boxer, Marco Polo. There's all these things to just check in and say, I care for you. I'm thinking of you. I love you. Remember anniversaries. Mm-hmm. Remember birthdays. Remember anniversaries. Even if the, the child is um, alive and doing well, the parents are never going to forget 
when that major heart surgery was that saved their child's life or when that major brain tumor surgery was or when. And so if you can remember that too, what a gift. Right. Because they're never going to forget. Okay, let's switch over a little bit. We're going to talk about food. Um, Food can be such a blessing and it can also be very overwhelming. Right. Because people love to give food in the South. Right. (laughs) Um, It's not you know, the same everywhere, but in the South, at least people love to give food. And so definitely give it. But I felt like some of the people that we reached out to also said, be careful how much, right? Because it can get, and then there's guilt of, I didn't eat all this and this, someone made this. So, um, so I thought one person said bringing food to the house every two to three days, not every day because it can be, get to be too much. Right. What 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 are some other? I mean, obviously, people said bringing food to the hospital so you don't have to leave. Right. And I think you know, like you said, we're in the South. We love to eat, and no matter what's going on in your life or your child's life, right, you you still got to eat. But I think as far as bringing meals to people's houses, I think too you have to factor in who's still at home, mm-hmm. right? If this is a family with multiple other children that are still at home, they're probably going to need a lot more food than people who don't have children at home. Mm-hmm who were at the hospital the majority of the time. So, you know, I think asking people, too, what they need. Um, Another thing with having a kid who's in the hospital um, that's not just your run-of-the-mill hospital stay is you don't really know your schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like um, uh, you leave at the same time every day. I mean, I know in in our case we left when we could depending on how well our child was doing. Mm -hmm. So we weren't home for dinner every night, and, and it's hard to know that in advance. So, I mean, I think asking people what's helpful to them and being flexible with their schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, if you made a plan to bring someone dinner, but suddenly they're not home, that's okay. You know, throw it in the fridge or the freezer and wait till they're available. Yeah. And so we've talked to just, um, our situation was we did not go home for dinner ever. And so, we actually asked if people would bring it to the hospital. And so mm-hmm. they would bring dinner for two to the hospital. But we also, uh, whoever ran the food meal thing, I don't know what it was called back then, but whoever kind of ran that sign up made sure to just check in and say, like on weekends, my mom came in town. And then some weekends, my dad came in town. And so that would be marked, you know, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, feed four or, you know, um, the other thing we realized at the hospital is lunch on the weekends was not great. (laughs) And so we would have lunch delivered to us too on Saturdays and Sundays. And back then, obviously families, people could come into the hospital. Now it's a little bit different, but there were on the sign up genius, it even said, um, bring it in and, and, don't plan on staying. Mm-hmm. But if they are in a mood, it's been a good day and they want to, then then stay. But don't, mm-hmm. again, don't pressure them that they have to talk. And right. there were some days that I would just say to whoever, like, you know, go grab the food. You know, we're, we don't want to, I don't even want to see them. I can't do it today. Right. Um, but we would still eat it downstairs. But it was such a gift. And then there were days where we sat with whoever brought us. And had a full conversation with him and told him all about how he's doing and what's going on. Um, other things, again, nowadays, Uber gift cards. Yes. 
to where they can order Mm -hmm. and it be delivered directly to the hospital and they can choose wherever. Uber gift cards, nowadays you can do them by email Mm -hmm. and it goes straight into there. And so they just have their own card that they can order from. So you don't even have to hand deliver it to them. That's a great thing if you live out of town. Other meal gift cards, um, you know, that are maybe somewhere closer to the hospital. Those are also, um, and even purchasing a gift card that's pretty close to proximity, that maybe the family will leave Mm -hmm. and go have a date night or go eat. And maybe the other children will be brought up there and they get to have a family dinner or something. So gift cards, I think, are are huge Mm -hmm. for them to be able to eat what they want Right. When they want. Right. And with the Uber gift cards, too, they can use them if they're at home or if they're at the hospital. It just creates so much flexibility for people. Yeah. It's a good idea. Um, And this was something that actually was made for uh, done for me when um, I had a major surgery and um, I was not able to really get up and about uh, my kids school. Really, the teachers and administrators, but some parents too, they took on the role of making lunches for my children. Wow. Because honestly, that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It really is making lunches for all of your children. And so they said, we've got it. We'll make sure it's at the school for the child. And so my children could go to school and waiting for them either in their classroom or at the front. Like if it was someone that that didn't work at the school, then they could drop it off uh, with the front desk. But my kids had lunches made Mm -hmm. for them. And um, actually my kid's headmaster made their sandwiches in the shape of Star Wars, um, like planes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I literally remember texting him and being like, so uncool. I'm not cool. My kids (laughs) just get plain old sandwiches without any, I don't cut the crust. I don't do anything. And now they've got these amazing plane shapes. And, um, and it was, I know he also, it was a joy to him to Mm -hmm. be able to serve my family. And it was such, it was such a burden taken off of me. Right. My kids, didn't have to worry about their lunches. There was an extra little treat or an extra little note. And that also showed the siblings that they were taken care of. Right. And they weren't forgotten. And let's be honest, if I'm already making three lunches for my kids, what's another fourth, fifth, or sixth? I mean, if I've got all the peanut butter and jelly stuff out. Right. So I just think that's another way that you could be a blessing to a family. For sure. I think thinking about any of those other kids at home and asking people to, because let's face it, a lot of kids are picky eaters. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if if a lot of times our go-to is making these big, nice, warm meals, because right. that's what adults like, right? We want comfort food. But I think it's appropriate to say, hey, what is your four-year-old like? Because uh-huh. they may only eat chicken nuggets right. and peanut butter. And then if that's the case, bring that for them too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then we definitely got some treats, you know, dropping off a treat at the hospital, dropping off a treat because, you know, we don't, if you're in the hospital, you don't want it every day. You don't want it every moment. I mean, we don't need milkshakes every day, but a smoothie or a milkshake or a, you know, little treat. Um, and that's, you know, that's a drive, you know, and, and send a message that says, Hey, I just would love to drop you off a smoothie today. Would that be okay? And you just Mm -hmm. hand it to him out the window. Um, 
And so I, I think that also can be a real gift, um, you know. And again, if one person wants to take on the the meal train and say, we're going to drop meals in a cooler on your front porch because this is a family that's at home with a sick child or at home after a child has come home or they are coming home each night because they have other children. But just feel that out to know what's best. Um, We had our fridge stocked by a precious friend and she would just come in and she would put things that were easy for us to grab. Mm -hmm. And um, 14 years ago, you couldn't spend the night in the PICU at Le Bonheur. And so there wasn't an option. So we would stay till you know, 11, 12, 1, 2 in the morning, depending on how he was doing. And then we would go home and catch a couple hours of sleep. And then we would wake up in the morning and go back. And I was so eager to get back to him that I didn't want to take the time to really make a breakfast or anything. And so she would have muffins, hard-boiled eggs that were already ready, ready ready-to-go fruit, um, you know, drinkable yogurts. Just that we could just grab mm-hmm. and take. I remember her even having like drinkable coffees, just things that I could quickly get ready, walk out the door and take with me. And mm-hmm. again, such a gift. Right. And right. now they're shipped. I mean, there's there's all these amazing apps. I feel like every time I'm saying something, I'm like, I'm old because <laughs> those things weren't there's there for 14 that. years right. ago. But the the nowadays there's so many different things that you could even say, right. hey, if you live out of town, you know, is there a way that I could drop a shipped off order for you? And if you're not going to be there, can a neighbor take it in? Can right. I, you know, partner up with somebody else that lives in the neighborhood to help them? Right. Um, so food is obviously an encouragement and needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, needed. And I'm glad you said that about grab and go things, too, because it's not just dinner that people need. Like you said, if you're spending all day long at the hospital, it is you're having all of your meals there, breakfast, lunch, and yeah. dinner. And I remember the first time somebody brought me breakfast, and they even brought um, some frozen pre-made breakfast burritos they made at home that I could heat up in the microwave. Now, I thought it was the best thing ever, <laughs> that I could heat it up in the microwave and have a hot breakfast yeah. at the hospital. Yeah. So. Um, and one thing, too, um, breastfeeding mothers, if they are breastfeeding or pumping, um, there are often little things that you can do to encourage Um, and strengthen their milk supply. And so that's like little snack packs of almonds, um, Mm -hmm. oatmeal. There's different things that can help with that. And so just take that into consideration. If you know this is a new mom and she's trying to um, pump for her sick child, little snack packs of different things. Do your own little research. Mm -hmm. Google, you know, what can help mom's milk supply. But moms who have just delivered uh, are already majorly needing some some things for strength and encouragement right and then if she is also trying to pump or breastfeed this sick child it's a lot of pressure she feels to provide that and so just having little things that she can grab but she's really has to make sure that she's eating often and well because if not her milk supply is really going to drop so right take that into consideration too um do you have anything else that you can think of in regards to food? I don't think so. I think we we covered it. I know. There's there's definitely a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we're going to talk a little bit about home-related in the way of how can we support things that have to do with the home, um, whether the actual house itself or what has to do with the home. So again and again and again, we heard cleaning. Mm-hmm. 
whether that be once a week, someone goes and cleans while they're in the hospital just so they're, you know, not, or a big one was when the child is being, you know, there's been a thing saying, okay, I think we're going to get to come home soon. It gets a deep clean. Mm -hmm. Families are fearful. Yes. Germs are deathly to these sick children. And so if a house can be deep cleaned before the family comes home, that is something they don't have time for. Right. They probably don't have the money for right now, um, but it's something that's really needed. Mm -hmm. And everybody loves a clean house. Right. Right. So, you know, maybe going in with friends, gifting that to them, Mm -hmm. you know, paying, if you have your own cleaning lady doing that, cleaning a service, whatever it may be. Um, But deep cleaning the house was said, paying a mobile dog cleaning company to bathe the dogs Mm -hmm. the day before they came home was huge because, again, Dogs are amazing, but dirty. Right. And so that was something they were really fearful of because of the sick child. Yard work. Mowing the lawn. Right. um, Taking down the trash cans each week so they don't have to worry about it. If you are the neighbor of someone who has a child that's sick, just do that. Right. Take them down. Bring them up. Mm -hmm. What a gift. Right. And if you're a friend and you notice that's not happening, then you go do it. Right. Maybe even knock on the door of the neighbor. The neighbor may not know what's going on. Um, but take down the trash cans, bring them back. Um, our When Forrest was sick, our dog was our child. We didn't have any other children. And so that was a real stressor to me of what was going on with Sadie. And we had someone do a dog walking sign-up. And so twice a day, every day, people would go and walk our dog. Mm-hmm. Take her out. Walk her. She was a very strong lab. And so if anyone is listening and you walked my lab, <laughs> I'm sorry how much she pulled you. And thank you. There were so many stories of people saying she almost ripped my arm off. Or I went flying. We were on a hill. I went flying down your driveway just trying to hold on to her. But we were gone for 14, 16, 18 hours, right. we couldn't worry about what was going on with the dog. And so walking the dog, or again, nowadays there's dog walkers. Mm-hmm. Pay someone to walk the dog or pay. There's also all these dog daycares. Right. And there's a lot of dog daycares where they'll come to your house and pick up the dog for you. Mm-hmm. So don't forget the, mo- I mean, the, the, the friendly pets and animals. Right. I think, you know, everything that goes on in your house still goes on in your house if you're not there and you're at the hospital so all those things that you already hit on like cleaning laundry yes. offering to do laundry yes. for people you know saying and which I, I know probably only a really close friend would do that but say i'll come in every tuesday and start some loads for you and fold what's in the dryer or yeah. something you know because that's still things that have to be done making sure that dishes are done for people um you know, anything that can take a burden off of them. And when you know people really well and you're in their life and you know things like their pet's really important to them or this thing is really important to them, just make the offer. Step in there like you've talked about, Brittany, but say, hey, I know that this is something that's important to you and you need done. Can I do it for you? And can I do it every week at this time Mm -hmm. so they can mark it off their list? Yeah. And again, I mean, I know there's, there's laundry services. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, you know, you and a group of friends even say, we're going to pay, you know, they're going to, they're going to, we're going to come over 
We're going to put all of your laundry in a bag and we're going to take it to the laundry service and it's going to come back folded, pressed, ready. And, you know, we'll put it away for you or we'll just leave it there for you to put away. So you could do it yourself for them or you could even pay a service to do it. Mm-hmm. One of the families we had on the podcast that will come out later on, um, their child was going through chemotherapy and the clothes he wore you couldn't touch them barehanded. You had to wear gloves and you had to be so careful. And they said for, I want to say they said for like years, someone, a friend came and washed their clothes. And that meant even because of the chemo clothes, they literally had to wear gloves and be cautious of what they did. And it's been 13 years for them. And they talked about how much that impacted them. Mm -hmm. What a difference. They actually didn't have a washer dryer in their apartment complex. And so, and they didn't, you know, they couldn't always go to their family's house or whatever else. And so someone came and picked it all up, took it home, did it and brought it back. And it was such a gift to them. Right. You know, and I mean, nobody loves laundry, but what a gift. Right. Um, Do you think anything else is kind of home related? I don't think so. I did love what you said, though, about um, talking to a neighbor about um, the trash can. And same thing with the mail, Mm -hmm. being on the lookout for packages Mm -hmm. when they're delivered. You know, having someone in your neighborhood that if you get a notification that a package is delivered, you can text them and they can take care of it for you. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's fine to even, you know, if you're the friend, maybe leave a note that says you might not be aware, you know, there was a trauma or um, the kid all of a sudden got really, really sick or you know, something went wrong at birth and, you know, you might notice lots of weird cars coming and going, but we just want you to be aware. And here's my information. would love to let you know more. And, mm-hmm. you know, 99 out of 100 times the neighbor's going to say, I'm so glad you told me I want to help. Right. Even if they're not that close to them. Right. I want to help. Mm-hmm. I can easily bring up the trash cans. Right. I can easily look for the packages. I can easily grab the mail. Um, You know, I can... Whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, um, water the plants. Right, right. I mean, and and be on the lookout for the house, too. Uh-huh. We've done that with our neighbor. Texan said, hey, we're, we're in the hospital. We're going to be keeping unusual hours. You know, we're not expecting anyone at our house. Please keep an eye out. Yeah. And she was happy to do that yeah. for us. It was yeah. something she could do. Because as you said, I think people are looking for ways to feel needed and to support, and they don't know how. And mm-hmm. so... Um, you know, that's a great way to, to be able to help. Okay. Let's pivot to family related. So, um, you know, talking about there are other people than often just the sick child and the caretakers. Um, and so what are some ways that people can show support to the family as a whole? Well, I don't, we've talked about if there's other kids at home, that just changes so much of the dynamic because the parents' hearts are being pulled in multiple directions. So helping to alleviate some of that mom guilt, some of that parent guilt for the children that are at home um, by inviting those kids into your home and helping those kids. There's different ways depending on the age of the kids, but inviting them into your home and caring for them is one option, but also if you have the availability, helping those kids keep their normal routine at their own home, mm-hmm. you know, stepping in as, as, a, as a substitute or as a um, just someone who loves them, who loves their parents, who is familiar with them and can meet their needs and help them feel comfortable is huge. Yeah, yeah. And 
I think just, you know, taking them on play dates, including them in activities, even just saying, you know, I've got them, I'm going to you know, I'm going to pick them up after school. I'm going to do their homework with them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get them to their activity. Or, you know, if your children are on the same baseball team, you know, you make, you're the one that takes them to and from every single time. Because again, as we want to normalize as much as we can for the other children. Right. And we talk about all the time at the fund when one child is sick, it affects the entire family. Mm -hmm. And so anything you can do that will be such a gift yes. to the parents to know that the other children are loved and taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, we had dear friends who had um, sick children at home who had a um, um, just a very, very hard illness. And it was very hard for the parents to, um, you know, get the children in the car and buckled in and driving to and just for carpool. And so uh, a group of people took their child that went to school every day to and from school. Just it added, I think I was maybe Thursday afternoons. I I can't remember now, but one, I loved having her in my car. Mm -hmm. It was something so simple that I could do. It added five minutes maybe to my day. I was picking her up at the same school as my kids. But for her mother, who is home alone with a child that had lots and lots of needs, it was such a gift. Mm -hmm. And so even a simple working out a carpool where you help get the child to and from school. And again, I literally think I had one day a week, Mm -hmm. one of 10. I think I had one of 10. There were others who had more than that, but uh, such a gift. And I got to know that that little girl better. Right. Because she was in my car. And so that was something that wasn't that huge for me, but I think made a big impact on the family. Right. Um, I remember um, a few times one of my good friends taking Dax, who was between the age of two and four, to Chick-fil-A for dinner with her son, who was older. But she would send me pictures of him eating chicken and laughing. And it just, it wasn't a huge thing, right? But it was huge to me to know that he was happy. He was having fun. He wasn't hungry. He was, you know, like he was just living his best life. And it took so much stress off of me. Yeah. Even if, I'm going to say this too, even if the, the caregivers have extended family support, so... You know, the grandparents have come in, they've practically moved into the house to take care of the other siblings. They're exhausted Mm -hmm. because they aren't used to this. Right. And they're exhausted because they're worried about the other grandchild. They're worried about their own children. How are they handling this? The stress of that. And then they're trying to balance the life of one, two, three, four other siblings It's been a while since they've done that. And so it's also such a gift to support the grandparents by saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to get him today so they can get a break. Right. You know, maybe they'll catch up on sleep or laundry or whatever else. Because all of a sudden, so many of these extended family that step in and really help take the role of caregiver to the other siblings in the house, don't forget them too. Right. Don't forget that um, they're struggling. When our daughter had RSV and we were in the hospital with her, her and we had grandparents staying with the boys we had friends who provided dinner to them every Mm -hmm. night and I remember saying I don't need dinner 
I was actually breastfeeding her. And so Laboner um, actually provided where I could just eat for free down there. And so I was like, we don't need dinner. We're fine. But I'd love for you to t- take dinner to the grandparents. So it's one less thing they have to worry about. And right. they can just focus on how the other children are doing and all of the new things. They've already, mm-hmm. they've all of a sudden been just thrust into carpools and schedules and right. sports and homework and did you remember us on the Wednesday folder? Those things that we as parents are hard, right? But we know a little bit more, um, and so also showed them support too by taking them on play dates. Or if you go to church on Wednesday nights, ask if this right. sibling will go. If you go to right. church on Sundays, or if you go regularly to story time, take them. Whatever right. you can do, just add the kids in there with them. Yeah, that's exactly because you talked already about, you know, taking kids to and from school, but a lot of kids are in extracurricular activities or have things that are important to them. If you already have a child that's doing that with the kid, just say, I'm going to pick them up. Tell me what time. Like you said, it doesn't even create that much more work for you, but it's so meaningful to the family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then one of the others they said too, is just someone to even hang out with the patient. So the parent can maybe get 30 minutes. Um, you know, so we've said support the family that's back at home, whatever that looks like, especially siblings, the grandparents, the aunt and uncle, whoever is really trying to take on the role of caregiver at home Mm -hmm. or, you know, homemaker at home or whatever else, show support to them. But then even just, you know, being able to, if, if the family is at home with a, with a child that, you know, is is um, dealing with an illness or a recovering from a trauma or whatever else, coming and saying, hey, I'm going to come sit with them. You know, I've got two hours. Can I come sit with them so you can go get your hair done? Mm-hmm. You can go run errands. You can, you take know. Take a nap. Take a nap. <laughs> yep. Go on a walk. Right. Whatever it may be. Or even saying, hey, I'm going to come help. I'd love to go on a walk with you. What can I do to help, you know, get the child that has special needs into their chair so they can get fresh air or we take them to the park or, or whatever that is. So, mm-hmm. um, just being able to help in that way. Um, okay. So we've talked about food, home, kind of checking in, uh, family. Now we're going to talk a little bit about just other ideas that people gave us that really, we kind of felt like it didn't fall under any of those, but they were, they were just really, really special and maybe a little more specific And again, you know, you know, your friends, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, your family. And so, you know, you might say, oh, that would never work for them. But these are just some ideas that people also gave us. Um, And so we're just going to kind of run through these a little bit. Um, But knitting a prayer shawl, that there was a church that that did that for me. And it brought me so much comfort and we now, the Four Spins Fund, we offer that. We have mm-hmm. different churches that provide prayer shawls and prayer blankets and all that stuff to us. And we try to include them in our care bags and our bereavement cart and all these different things. But I, we had a lot of families say that that, that was a real encouragement to them. Um, I loved this one. This friend sent in and said that she had a friend who had an oil painting done that included all the handwritten prayers people had written. Wow. And that it was done into a piece of art, and it hangs in their child's room. And that was amazing to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, to compile maybe, you know, maybe it's a Facebook 
if, if they have something on Facebook. Maybe it's compiling all the beautiful things people have said, copy and pasting it, you know, and making some kind of um, thing about it. Uh, I just thought that was beautiful. Um, another mother said that when her child came home and uh, still with medical needs, she joined a baby support group that of other children that had heart conditions. And when the daughter went back in for another surgery, the group made a little photo album of mm. a picture of the mom, all the other moms with their children and a note of encouragement. And she was saying 16 years later, she still has that photo mm. album. What are some other things? I, I like what you said about thinking about the people and what's meaningful to them. Um, always taking the time to write out a handwritten note um, that someone can hang on to and keep reading again and again. We're at such a digital age where those text messages are awesome, but having something that someone can hang on to for years and years later. I know we've both talked about having letters like that that we've held on to. Um, I think um, you already hit on this, but one thing my grandmother did for me um, after we lost our first child is she went in we had a blog at that time where we updated about her. She printed out every single day of the blog for us and put it in an album for us, which was something we just didn't, we weren't thinking about. We didn't have the bandwidth to do, but every year we go back and we read through it and we look at it. And that was something that was really meaningful to us. Yeah. Um, Cause we took the time, like you said, to write yeah. out all these details and she took the time to capture it in a way that we could keep it forever. Yeah. My brother did that too. My brother went in and printed every caring bridge um, that I wrote. And um, and some of it is even, I can't read it all because it's it's truly still 14 years, you know, to go back and feel what I wrote um, is hard. Mm-hmm. But there's parts, I think I've joked around before that like I said stats instead of sats. I said, like I did not no medical right. at all, much less right. medical terminology. And so even those first, I don't know, week to two weeks when I was doing the updates, my wording, especially medical, was so off. Mm-hmm. And my sweet husband, who was in the medical world, didn't even say anything for a long time. And later when we talked about it, he was like, oh, a lot of my residency friends and and med school friends who I had trained med school and were all over the country, you know, would get a good giggle out of stats, you mm-hmm. know, or, um, you know, instead of saying oxygen saturation, I'd be like, well, his oxygen stats are this or whatever. Right, and, right. Um, and so I remember one day him saying something to the point of like, hey, babe, it's not like a race car stats. Right. Like it's sats, you know, and she's like, oh, got it. So I love that, too, that my mm-hmm. brother printed out everything um, that we had said. I thought this was a great one. So I am a big reader and I love my Kindle. And so someone said a Kindle gift card so they can buy a new book on their e-reader. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was awesome because, again, it's not hard to do. Right. I think you can just go into Amazon and say send a gift card. But I thought that was a great idea. I mean, these families are spending a really long time at the hospital or at home. You know, if their child has come home, they a lot of times aren't able to go back to work and they're sitting at home and it's lonely. Right. And so I thought that was really good. Um, or an Apple Music gift card to purchase music. Music, mm-hmm. I know, bought 
both of us a lot of comfort. I yeah. love hearing you say that uh, people probably laughed about you playing um, John Mayer, John for Mayer Charlotte. for Charlotte. Yep. And but that brought you comfort, right? And so being able to maybe purchase new music or, um, you know, I laugh back at our time. I, we had CDs um, that we had. You know, there wasn't really Spotify kind of stuff, but even to be able to, we had people who purchased, we put that out there that we love to read to forest and we love to listen to music. And so we had people who bought us CDs cause we had a CD player by our side and bought us children's books. Mm-hmm. And, um, my, I used to teach before, before, um, that was my, my job, my major, whatever I taught school. And so the last school I taught at, before I went into doing youth ministry, I was doing youth ministry when Forrest got sick and died. But the last school I had been at teaching third grade, they did their own book drive. And they each hand wrote a note to Forrest in the book. And um, I am truly trying not to get emotional about it right now because it meant so much to me. Um, this is a Definite shout out to Macon Hall Elementary School. And um, I had only taught there one year. And so it wasn't even this, she'd been there 20 or 30 years. But the teachers, I had become very close to those teachers. I loved those teachers. I would have stayed there forever if it wasn't for the youth ministry opportunity. But they wrote handwritten notes. Um, One of them was Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And I remember they wrote on the front cover, you know, Forrest, you are our rainbow. And we know that you know, the clouds will part again. And even though he died and it didn't end the way that we wanted to, I kept those books Mm -hmm. and I would read them to my other children. And I remember opening them and getting so choked up that they took the time to one, collect books. They each picked books that meant something to them. And then they wrote a note in it Mm -hmm. with Sharpie just, and it was such a gift to me. Right. Because that was something I could do for him was read to him. I mean, that's right. a, a whole nother. There's so many, you know, I feel like one day we're going to have to do a whole podcast on like, why do we do all the things we do for the Forest Fence Fund? And one of those is we are so passionate about books. And that is right. literally one of the reasons. Because it allowed me to be able to read to him mm-hmm. when he had all these tubes and all these things sticking out of him. And I didn't know what to do. Right. And that allowed a, a barrier to be broken to where I knew I could read to him. And um, just such a gift. So even something, you know, simple as a book. Right. With a handwritten note. But even the Kindle where the mom or dad can have something to read. Right. Um, Dropping off household supplies. I mean, come on. Toilet paper runs out. Yep. (laughs) Paper towels run out. Uh, Baby wipes run out. Whatever it is. So maybe shipping a Costco order or an Amazon order or just dropping it off. You're at Target getting toilet paper. Pick up toilet paper for them. What else do you think? One thing um, we talked earlier about for someone who's lost a child or even somebody who's been through something traumatic, remembering the anniversaries. I think um, an idea is honoring an anniversary by making a donation or writing a card for that thing. But um, for years after Charlotte died, around the time of her birth and death, I would get some cards saying, you know, hey, we've we've made a donation to this organization in honor of Charlotte, or we bought um, a gift for a needy child that's the age that Charlotte's turning now. And that meant so much to me that somebody 
A, remembered my child and B, that they were using her memory to do an act of kindness for someone else. Um, I think a lot of times people are afraid of saying or doing the wrong things or I've heard people say, you know, I I don't want to bring this up. Well, it's always on our hearts and minds. Like you never have to be afraid of reminding us of something we don't remember and taking that action is real meaningful. For sure. For sure. Um, one one other um, that I thought was a really neat and just different was um, one of our families wrote in that doing an auto auto record of reading a children's book and then putting it on a device for them to play in the room. Um, I know there's even books out there to where you can have a button where you read the book and it's mm-hmm. actually the audio record is in the book, but I think there's also, this mom was saying that they recorded it, you know, whether on their phone or whatever else, I'm not sure, but what a great thing for maybe great grandparents that don't live close by, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, whatever, but I thought that was really beautiful too, of Mm -hmm. reading, you know, a book, hop on pop or whatever, and then you being able to play that for the child while they're in their room, I thought that was really, um, a neat thing too. Mm-hmm. We get asked a lot to, um, we get a lot of messages saying, Hey, I know somebody in the hospital, kind of what can you do? And we would say, Of course, we want to love and support them, but anybody can put together a care bag. Right. We do them, we do them often. And, you know, it's a, it's a core part of who we are. We've been doing it. That's, you know, when we were having a family on recently who had a child 13 years ago, we were talking about they were one of our, first families. That's the core thing of what we do. But we actually have a list on our website of exactly what goes in our care bags. Um, And so you could do it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be as in-depth as our care bag, but you can create your own care bag, care item, whatever, but just a, a thing. And and you can click on our website and see, but it has snacks for the parents and it has water for the parents. It has magazines for them to read, books for the children, has a $10 roll of quarters so they can, um, you know, get snacks later on. It has, you know, depending, ours has different ages, but if it's a newborn, maybe it's a newborn hat, newborn mm-hmm. gloves, newborn socks, a new blanket, um, but just a toothbrush, toothpaste, lotion because their hands get dry, hand sanitizer. So you don't have to just say, hey, enforcement's fun. You do it for them. You can do it for them too. Right. Um, Again, we want to be a support and resource for you, but you also, so know that's on our website that you can click, see care bags, and we actually list exactly what goes in ours. And then you can add things that maybe are special. One of our families wrote in and said, handwritten notes from children. Mm Mm-hmm. Drawing message and encouragement was so important. They actually put those up all over the room. I've seen especially when a school-age child is in the hospital, the school will, the kids will maybe do a large poster or they'll do individual note cards and they'll tape it up on posters Mm -hmm. and that gets dropped off and they're all over the school-age children's room. Right pictures, um, you know, things from school. So those are super encouraging as well. I was thinking too, you know, you could lean into the holidays with it being Valentine's Day. You know, if if you're doing something like that, you could have hearts that you did. You could do something for St. Patrick's Day. You could do something for Easter because whether the child's in the hospital or at home, if they've been critically ill, they're probably not getting out much and doing something just to brighten their room, whatever room they're in and doing something to brighten the parents' room and, you know, make them think about the holiday and what's going on is kind of a sweet thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. We had um, the nurses are always just so amazing. And so they often do little crafts and stuff too. I know the NICU especially does, you know, footprints that they turn into bunnies or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever else. But if you are crafty, do something, do something for the room, you know, whether it's you, you know, calligraphy, their name, you know, on a, on a canvas that they can put in their room, because truly that room has become their nursery or their bedroom or their thing. And so the parents want it to look nice. And then obviously, especially if, if the children are awake and, you know, able, they, they want to see happy and encouraging things. And so definitely do those as well. Um, And again, all this stuff that we've talked about, we're going to have on our website um, and we're also going to have it in the notes too. So I know we've thrown a lot out to you. The last thing we want to talk about is helpful words and ways that your words can make a difference. And I want to start with, you touched on it earlier, of I think people are afraid to bring up our sick child, our child that has died. And this goes for, you know, my mother who has died, Mm -hmm. my grandmother who has died, whatever it may be. People in general have a hard time because they're so afraid that they're going to make them sad. Mm -hmm. And we as grieving parents will say, we never are not thinking about our child. And so for you to say Forrest's name and remember him means the world to me. Right. So say their name. Right. Say you're thinking of Forrest today. Don't skirt around it thinking, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to make them sad. If they do cry, it's okay. It's okay. We've cried a lot alone without you seeing. And so if all of a sudden we're crying in front of you, it's not new to us. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Right. Sometimes we need that good cry. Right. Uh, One of my kids has doesn't love emotions as much. I've got one that likes emotions a lot, likes to really sit in the feelings and sit and feel things. And I've got one that really is like, no way. Like, and so he, he does not understand why I will purposely listen to sad music. Um, and there's a reason because sometimes I feel it, but it's like I can't get it out. Right. And so if I can, there's one song by Ed Sheeran called Visiting Hours. And it really even affects me a lot to think about my own mother, but it's kind of talking about if heaven had visiting hours, I would come to visit you. And like, what would you say? And what would you tell me? Like, I wish so badly heaven had visiting hours. And one of my children was like, why, why would you listen? It makes you sad every time. It makes you cry. (laughs) Because I need to feel it. Right. It's good for me. If it's just, if I'm just pushing it down and bottling it. And so again, if you hear a song uh, this was a dear friend who sent it to me um, through a, a direct message on Instagram and said, hey, I'm thinking of you. I know it's coming up on the anniversary of your mom passing. And my husband lost his mother recently. And we're seeing his father for the first time since. And it's broken my heart thinking about him not having his wife anymore. And here's this song that really just breaks me. And I'd never heard it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I played it and weeped. But it meant so much to me that she right. took the time to DM me. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a text message. And just say, hey, this song really has kind of broken me, but in a good way. And just know that you're not alone thinking about how much I miss my mother-in-law. I can't even imagine how much you miss your mother. And right. it just meant a lot. Right. And it was 
simple. Right. So say their name. Right. Say you're thinking of them. Remember a memory. Right. Something that got brought up, something that they did, something that they said. Uh, Those things, I think, mean so much. Mm -hmm. What are some other things that people sent in that were helpful to them? Um. I know one of the things that was brought up was remembering what the child's diagnosis was and learning about it. Um, You hit on this earlier, Brittany, but it gets exhausting to tell people over and over again what something is um, and the details of it. And we don't expect our friends to be medical experts, right? But but remember the big thing that's going on and help help explain it to others, right? Help um, be an advocate for your friend, for the parent who's who's in the middle of it. You know, explain to people what's going on, clarify information, and just know that's the most important thing going on in the parent's life right now. So so you can take the time to learn what's really going on and not give broad, incorrect information. Yeah. And as the wife of a physician, you know, I am usually one that says, don't Google medical diagnoses. But I think in this situation, you're not Googling it about yourself thinking that, you know, because you have a headache, you automatically have a brain tumor. But I think, you know, in Amanda's situation, you know, her daughter was diagnosed with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Mm-hmm. That is something that a lot of people probably had never heard of. And so what a gift it would have been to you if friends, family had just gone in and wikipedia or Googled what is hypoplastic left heart syndrome and gotten a good just, okay, mm-hmm. in a nutshell, in layman's terms, this is what this means. The left side is underdeveloped and right. that you can't live that way. And so it looks like she's going to have to have three surgeries in the for, for future. And, you know, now what we are also saying, don't go back and start spitting the statistics right. to the parents right. of how many make it to birth and how many make it through that. But enough to be able to say, okay, I, you know, I, I see that she's going to have to have the Norwood surgery, mm-hmm. you know, when she's this many days old and how can I support you in that? Or, you know, just even understanding that this is going to be a really long road. Right. And that there's going to be a lot of fear of what that is. And so try to learn about the diagnosis. Right. So they don't have to explain it to you all the time. And then remember the major tests, major surgeries, major procedures. Remember those because the anxiety the family is feeling, or even the family has, has gone home with their child, they're at home, and they have to come back to do the surgery or their procedure, there's some serious PTSD. Yes. Walking into the hospital so hard, sending an encouraging note, a message, providing dinner the night before, because they're probably too anxious to even think about that. You know, any of those things I think are really encouraging as well. Definitely. I think when people share with you um, that something big is coming up, again, taking the time, make yourself a note, put it in your phone, mm-hmm. a pop-up reminder, um, because they are going to need that follow-up. You know, that's the biggest and the only thing going on in their life. So just being a good friend by making it important to you, too, and showing that you remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're going to do one on, you know, what not to do and what not to say, because we unfortunately all have those stories. I think anyone who's ever gone through sickness or grief or trauma or something hard has some story. Um, The one thing I do just want to say that's in the kind of don't realm, just while we're on this, um, is 
you don't need to be everything mm-hmm. for that person. Um, one, you will exhaust yourself. And also, um, if you are a few degrees removed from the parent, you don't need to be the lead person. Right. You can take a role of, you know, you see there's a meal sign up or there's a buy Uber card or there's a do the supplies. But we have seen where some people can feed off of being the hero or the knight or the coming in. But if you are not, you know, a a friend, if this is a you know them because you're Facebook friends with them, Mm -hmm. but you're not really friends day to day or whatever else, be cautious of the role that you take um, in that and really let those that are closest to them take the lead roles right. and then support them in that. And yeah. there's lots of ways, as we've said, to support them. Maybe that's you're the neighbor, y'all aren't best friends, but you can pull up the trash or you can do whatever. Um, and it doesn't have to be for show. It's just right. because you want to support them. Right. I think what we've already talked about so much is think about how your normal everyday life intersects with that person anyway and then think about how you could step into that role to be a support Mm -hmm. so it's not the time to grow in friendship if you don't text this person every day regularly don't start texting them every single day when they're in crisis you know find where you already fit in all of us have different gifts and talents and things we're good at and i'll tell you right now mine is not cooking if i brought someone a warm meal I made, it would not be a blessing to them. (laughs) But I can buy an Uber gift card. Like, I'm great at online shopping. So, you know, like, think about where you're naturally gifted and how that can be an asset to the person. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that was such good advice of you saying, where do you naturally intersect with the family? And that is really where you would do the most good. Mm -hmm. If you're a neighbor, Trash cans. Be a good neighbor. Your trash cans are down. Their trash cans are down. If you're, you know, on the kids' baseball team, take them to and from baseball. Right. Wash their baseball pants. Holy moly, that's a hard job to get all that stuff out. Or, you know, if your kids go to school with them, make their lunches, help with their homework, you know, um, buy the school supplies. Right. You know, whatever else. So that is great advice. I'm going to put that as like starred on the sheet. You know, think about how your life intersects with their life and then try to apply that as well. Don't go in all of a sudden and, you know, be the advocate number one person if that wasn't something that you did regularly. Again, if you are a Facebook friend, send them a note on Facebook that you're thinking of them. You know, that makes a difference too. It does. You know, but you don't have to... um, all of a sudden go, uh, you know, I've had to where a friend of a friend of a friend will reach out and say, I've got a friend. What will you do? And because of this role that I'm in, I feel like I need to do something. But I also want to say I am. That's like seven degrees of separation. Right. Like right. a little weird for all of a sudden for me to come marching in, you know, again, because of the role that I'm in, I will happily send a message to say, hey, thinking of you, you know, I run a nonprofit. If there's anything I can do to support you. But I, I probably shouldn't be the first person to come marching in trying to save the day. But I will right. let them know I'm here if you want to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, definitely figure out the best role and way to do that. But at the end of the day, do something, say something, love them. And that will make such a difference. Thank you all so much for listening. And um, 
we know that if you even took the time to listen to this, it's because you care. And it's because you've either gone through a time where you didn't know how to love and support a family who was struggling, you're in it right now, or it's going to happen at some point. We've said again and again with the Forrest Spence Fund that sometime in your lifetime, you are going to know someone or be close to someone that has a sick child in whatever realm that is. And so we hope that this is a blessing to you. We hope this is something that you can share with others. Um, If you are in the thick of this with your child, we hope that you can share it and say, hey, listen to this. I've never known quite how to put into words what all that I need to feel loved and supported, but this does. So we hope that you'll share with others, or if you're listening, you can go in, download what we have on our website, and be able to refer back to it. Um, And again, we have other resources as well on our website. Uh, We have a resource section on how to help a grieving parent, how to love a parent who's got a sick child. Um, There's lots of things out there, and we hope that we are a resource to you as well. So um, my, my favorite analogy is talking about just getting in the cage, that you cannot change the diagnosis, the trauma, the sickness, whatever is going on, you can't change that. But you can get in the cage with them and lessen the feeling of alone and isolation that that person feels. And knowing that they're loved and cared for uh, makes all the difference in the world. And so we just encourage you to do something and to show them love. So thanks for being with us. Happy Valentine's Day from all of us at the Forest Spence Fund. And um families that are listening. We love you. You are not alone. We are here for you. And um, much love to all of you. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. We hope that this podcast is a resource for you and a source of support. Whether you are facing illness in your own family or want to walk beside other families dealing with childhood illness, We want the stories, wisdom, and knowledge shared to give you hope. Episodes will be released bi-weekly, so be sure to subscribe today.